Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And for the second video in a row, we are diving into the wild and wacky world of Twitch. For those of you who have been in virtual legality this past week, you know that the last video we did last week was actually a discussion of whether or not Twitch was banning people enough in respect of a lawsuit that a gentleman on a pro se basis filed against Twitch that said they weren't banning enough people for violations of their sexuality rulings in their community guidelines. And a number of people came into my comments and said, well, this actual lawsuit might be ridiculous, but he has a good point. Twitch doesn't enforce their rules uh, on a uniform basis, and it tends to highlight the dysfunction in the way that they actually use their terms of service because they favor those that make them the most money. And I said in that video, of course they do, and that's something that you can absolutely be upset with, but it is unusual for these corporations to use their terms of service to issue bans to otherwise hurt their bottom line in a way that they don't want to, and the terms of service generally don't require a kind of equitable enforcement across everyone that appears on their service. But over the weekend, not 24 hours after I put up that video, Twitch actually did something very, very unexpected. They banned Dr. Disrespect. Now, I am not a regular Twitch viewer. I don't know a lot of these personalities, but I know them through osmosis. So I know Dr. Disrespect has some number of millions of fans. He's a character. He's appeared in various places and on various broadcasts that I have watched in respect of E3 and, and other presentations where you have these kinds of influencer-type personalities appear. And I knew that he makes... Twitch a lot of money. So this was a big surprise. This was on the evening of June 26th. And Forbes details it as follows. Dr. Disrespect banned from Twitch. Here's what we know, basically. And we're only going to look at a little bit of this. I'm going to link, of course, all of these stories in the description to my video so you can check them out for yourself. But they described it as follows. Twitch abruptly banned celebrity streamer guy Dr. Disrespect Beam last night leading to a day of speculation about what currently remain mysterious circumstances. At this point, it remains unclear why Twitch took the extraordinary step of abruptly banning one of its most popular, if most problematic, and we'll get back to that, streamers. In the past, many have been critical of Twitch for not enforcing its rules against large streamers, as we just talked about. And in all honesty, if you go and you look at this story today, and this could be updated by the time this gets uploaded, this is such a fluid kind of situation, you will see news items that don't tell you anything about what happened. The closest we get is to one specific tweet from a Twitter account named Slasher. You'll see this gentleman on various news programs talking about things in respect to the esports community. And he says, look... For several hours now, I have been told from credible sources the reason Dr. Disrespect has been banned. However, due to the importance and sensitivity around the subject, I have refrained from going on it. I don't feel comfortable with it currently. Now, we're going to dive into a number of items related to this, and it's all going to be speculative because we don't have anything better to go on than these kinds of statements. But I do want to say a couple of things up front. One, as a lawyer, you read a statement like this, and I think you can look at it and say, well, this is kind of the fortune teller telling you what you want to hear in a vague enough way that you can make it true no matter what happens, right? Twitch just appears to have banned one of their most popular and lucrative sources of income. And so it is undoubtedly the case that is an issue of some importance. They also, as we will see, haven't described why. 
So we can also assume that it's an issue of some sensitivity. So no matter what this winds up being, or in fact, if we ever wind up hearing about what this was about, it will undoubtedly be a matter of importance and sensitivity. So I don't want to accuse anybody of anything. Slasher here may have good information, but this kind of tweet doesn't suggest to me any specific sourcing, any specific insight or understanding of the situation in general, because this statement will always and forever be true. It will always be important. It will always be sensitive if we even ever get to find out what it is. And the reason we can't really say much more is that Twitch's statement is comprised entirely of the following. As is our process, we take appropriate action when we have evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of our community guidelines or terms of service. These apply to all streamers, regardless of status or prominence in the community. Now, a couple of things here are important. One, Note that they point us only specifically to the community guidelines or terms of service. That's going to be important as we shall see because Dr. Disrespect actually has a separate agreement with Twitch. So if Twitch were going to be claiming a violation or breach of that document specifically, then you would assume you would see reference to that in this kind of statement. Instead, they point the public as much as they do to their community guidelines and terms of service and not specifically to that exclusive arrangement. Next, we actually have a statement from Dr. Disrespect, but again, not very enlightening. And note that this happens almost a full day after the first news items break about Dr. Disrespect actually getting moved off the service, banned from Twitch. Champions Club, which I understand is his kind of fan base, his group of people that follow him. Twitch has not notified me on the specific reason behind their decision. Firm handshakes to all for the support during this difficult time, Dr. Disrespect. Now, again, just like we looked at the slasher tweet, the lawyer in me looks at this and says, well, that's a very specific way of actually articulating what is happening here. Twitch has not notified me is not the same as I have no idea what happened, right? You could go out with that message if you wanted to. If you're Dr. Disrespect and you truly have no idea what happened, you can say, hey, I just got banned. Twitch won't say anything. I don't know what's wrong. Twitch has not notified me as to why doesn't mean I don't know why. And so I think whatever the dispute is here, and we're going to talk about some of the kind of alternative ways that we can read some of these documents to suggest certain things about what the dispute might be. Regardless of what that is, this statement should not be read as saying that Dr. Disrespect doesn't have any idea of what's going on. And that's basically all we know at least directly from the mouths of certain people who claim to know things from Twitch itself and from Dr. Disrespect. But it's not all we know in terms of the actual environment, the geography, the ecosystem of all of these various documents and deals that have happened over the past six months, what happened over this past couple of weeks at Twitch. It's not all we know, and we can start to take certain things out of what we do know. First, in March... We know that Dr. Disrespect signed a multi-year deal to stay on Twitch. This is a story in The Hollywood Reporter to give some indication of how big of a deal this was. It is dated March 12th, 2020, so only a little over three months ago. And we also know from this article that Dr. Disrespect is well represented. The new deal classified as a major multi-year extension was brokered by Beam's agency CAA, That is a massive entertainment agency in Hollywood. Beam is managed by Boom.TV. Financial details of the deal were not disclosed. 
Now, we don't have a lot more detail about that deal, obviously, from this story. But what we do know is that Dr. Disrespect is represented by agents. He's represented by lawyers. He's represented by real business. One of the things we've talked about in this space, in virtual legality, with respect to Twitch and YouTube and influencers, is that a number of them probably aren't as well represented as they should be for the revenue that they are generating. And here, Dr. Disrespect, it is clear, has gone through the kind of normal talent process. He is represented by people that are looking out for his business interests and his legal interests. And that's an important part of this story because what we've got right now is a major financial business event in which essentially both sides are not saying a word. Dr. Disrespect isn't saying anything. Twitch isn't saying anything. And what I made this video for was to discuss why that might be. And this is one of those reasons when you have these go-betweens, when you have these representatives, agents, lawyers, a lot of the times it makes sense. If there is a dispute, if there is something that could potentially go one way or the other for you to shut up, it is one of the pieces of advice that I give to clients, that other attorneys give to their clients, that agents in a kind of similar representative role give to their clients that says, until we sort this thing out, be quiet. And to some extent, Twitch is getting the same advice. Twitch could have pointed specifically to something either in their terms of service and community guidelines that they have chosen not to do so right now suggests a couple of things. Either they aren't solid in whatever evidence they have about the specific instance, or they want to settle this quietly. They want to talk through the potential issue with Dr. Disrespect or potentially law enforcement, although we will also talk in this video about why I don't think that's necessarily likely what's happening here. But they want to talk it over with somebody on their side, and they don't want this just adjudicated in the court of public opinion. Now, we also have some other things happening. And one of those is apparently, I think it's a 4chan originated rumor that suggested that Ninja Shroud and Dr. Disrespect were essentially all negotiating to go into a different line of business at a new streaming service called Brime. And I will direct you to this article at Forbes from Paul Tassie, who essentially debunks all of this for the usual 4chan reasons, right? They've got the actual corporate governance structure wrong. They've got who owns who wrong. They got basic components of this story wrong. But it's worth noting, as we already talked about, the most obvious reason why this is wrong is because if you go and you look at what Twitch actually said, they don't talk about an exclusivity uh, deal, right? They talk about their terms of service. They talk about their community guidelines. Neither of those documents require you to be exclusive to Twitch. If you are exclusive to Twitch, it's because you have an affiliate partnership, because you've entered into an exclusivity deal like you see on The Hollywood Reporter, those kinds of things. But that isn't what is discussed by Twitch. So yeah, this doesn't make sense. But I'm not so certain that Ninja and Shroud aren't a part of the story. The other thing we know is that this seems to be a permanent ban. People started reporting on Twitter and elsewhere that Twitch was actually refunding the money people had paid for subscriptions to Dr. Disrespect, which is a highly unusual move, especially if it were to be a temporary ban. You wouldn't make this refund at all. So we are starting to get all of this kind of ancillary understanding and information that this is a real permanent ban that Twitch has undertaken for reasons that are still cloudy, that Dr. Disrespect says he hasn't been told the details of, and that is likely to have a long-term effect on all of this. So 
a lot of the folks that you see reporting on these kinds of things says, oh man, maybe it's really bad. Maybe it's legal. Maybe it's really dark. Maybe he was doing something that's involved in an FBI sting or these kinds of things. And hey, that certainly could be the case if we wind up getting to the end of all this and you wind up hearing about some kind of law enforcement action. But there are a couple of reasons why this kind of dispute doesn't suggest that to me right now with the information that we have. The first is that in general, Twitch would have been told by its lawyers that it can say, we don't comment on the prospects of an ongoing investigation. You wouldn't even have to say legal investigation. You could just say internal. We don't comment on investigations. You could have had that as your statement, incorporated the concept of the FBI or the police talking to you, that they didn't say that, that they're only talking about violations of their guidelines in terms of service, doesn't suggest a legal violation. Although, as we will see, of course, compliance with laws in general are incorporated into those two documents. So again, we're in a situation where it could be that, but it doesn't suggest that. The other thing that doesn't suggest that is this notion. There's a story here from Game Revolution that says, Dr. Disrespect sponsors reinstate ad campaigns despite Twitch ban. And this was over the weekend as well. They described it as follows. His ban also led to sponsors seemingly dropping their affiliation with him. GameFuel and Razer both removed banners promoting their campaigns with the streamer, seemingly in response to the Twitch ban. However, both have now reinstated these banners. Now, we can't actually check for the time period between when this claim was made and that they took these things down. So we're kind of taking it on faith a little bit. Always take it with a grain of salt when we have to do that with a story like that. But we can see right now that somebody like Mountain Dew Game Fuel has Dr. Disrespect at the top of their Twitter banner. So they seem okay with it right this second. And if they did, in fact, take it down on the initial ban and then put it back up, it does suggest that they got assurances of some kind that this was not the kind of issue that would result in significant darkness being added to their corporate portfolio, right? If you are at the center of an FBI sting and Mountain Dew Game Fuel comes to Twitch or comes to you and says, what's this all about? And you tell them that, probably the banner doesn't go back up. So now we've got two instances here in the Twitch statement and in the notion that these folks potentially immediately removed the ads and then put them back up, that suggests, okay, we're probably talking more along the lines of a legal dispute, a contract dispute, something that's in my wheelhouse personally, where you've got two sides of an issue that want to talk over things, but don't necessarily want to adjudicate everything in the court of public opinion. And even though apparently Dr. Disrespect has lost his Twitch access, he might have lost his Discord access. I saw that referenced in other places, his sponsorship, his relationship with Discord. Even though that's happening, other giant national, multinational corporate brands like Mountain Dew have looked at the situation and either gotten assurances or found out themselves that it's not the kind of thing necessarily that they want to take their ads down on. The other thing that we know is that Twitch has been going through some troubles, right? One of the reasons we did a couple of quote-unquote scandal episodes in virtual legality last week is that all across the gaming community, there have been allegations made and various other kinds of claims made from journalistic outlets, from influencers, from streamers about mistreatment on the part of their outlets, on the part of other streamers. And this basically originated with a whole kind of movement to talk about Twitch, 
and Twitch having to actually respond through CEO letters and letters to the employees and trying to get in front of this thing at journalistic outlets that are reporting on things like this, that Twitch wasn't a good place to be, that it fostered harassment and all this other kind of thing. And so you have, as part of this story, the fact that Twitch is currently dealing with bad public relations and with a streamer that is known for making trouble for Twitch. It was only last year that Dr. Disrespect streamed inside an E3 bathroom, getting banned from Twitch, had his badge revoked. Dr. Disrespect has caused problems for Twitch in the past. And I do think, as we talked about, that Ninja and Shroud are a part of the story here. If you aren't familiar, if you haven't followed all the videos in virtual legality, check them out. They're great. But we also talked about the fact that Microsoft completely unexpectedly last week closed Mixer and that Ninja and Shroud that they had paid millions of dollars for exclusivity for were now free to be free agents wherever they liked. And of course, Ninja and Shroud made their customer base, made their fan base on Twitch. So the way this was reported was that Ninja and Shroud could go back to Twitch again. But it was in their exclusivity with Mixer entered into late last year that Twitch decided to sign someone like Dr. Disrespect. And so as of last week, their entire world changed because Twitch now had a relationship with a figure that was very popular, but also very problematic. And they also potentially had the ability to go sign up those people that they might like more in Ninja and Shroud. So while I don't think that the story on 4chan about these three getting together and making a competing streaming service is what happened here for the reasons that I've already discussed, because you can just say if you're Twitch, hey, he was breaching exclusivity or he was breaching that multi-million dollar contract that we entered into with him. And that can be your statement. And then go from there that you point it to the terms and conditions and the community guidelines suggest eh, it's a little more waffly. And in this space, with a Dr. Disrespect that causes trouble for you, with Ninja and Shroud now available, I think you get into a situation where maybe if you're Twitch, you say, okay, this guy is problematic. Maybe we get a few hints or whispers or complaints about his behavior in the recent past. How can we get out of our contract? Because we've signed him on to multi-million dollar deals. And how can we get out of them, both so that we're not affiliated with him anymore in the space that we are now dealing with, and also so that maybe we can sign back up those people that are now available to us and that maybe we prefer in this space. And that leads you to the terms of service and the community guidelines. Because in your exclusive relationship with Dr. Disrespect, and I can't speak to the specific language used in these kinds of agreements, but in one of these documents, what you will have is an agreement by Dr. Disrespect or whomever you're signing this exclusivity arrangement with to agree to abide by your policies and procedures, including your terms of service and your community guidelines. That will just be a covenant, I promise, in that document that he enters into. And it's basically a baseline for any of these kinds of things. So if you can point to a breach of one of these documents, chances are you can also point to the termination right you have in your exclusivity arrangement. You can get out of a relationship that you now find more problematic than you did two weeks ago. And maybe you free up those resources to sign up those people that are now free unexpectedly as of Microsoft's closure of Mixer. So 
you go through these terms and conditions. You're the lawyer for Twitch. You've been ordered by the boss to say, hey, okay, let's find something that is potentially problematic. Here are the whispers of his behavior. Here's what he did at E3 last year. Here's some other things that have happened that have caused us trouble. What can you find? And you wind up going into these various places. Well, you're not allowed to resell Twitch services. You're not allowed to publicly perform them. You can't use them for data mining or to make derivative uses out of them. Maybe you can't otherwise reverse engineer them. Is he doing any of those things? I don't know. As we talked about earlier, it's also worth noting that the license that he gives to Twitch under just this document is non-exclusive. He's only exclusive to Twitch by virtue of that other third document. And because they didn't reference that, it's worth believing that it's not a breach of exclusivity that has gotten him to this position, which is essentially what would be claimed in that kind of brime story that Forbes debunked. He also makes certain representations and warranties about what he's doing. You have the intellectual property rights to what you put up. You don't infringe on the rights of others. You don't defame anybody else. Hmm, that's an interesting one. That could be useful later if you're Twitch counsel. You, your user content doesn't contain viruses, adware, spyware, worms, harmful, malicious code. And you don't use pre-release or non-public beta software or game content. Okay, maybe. Maybe we're getting into a place where we can use something. Ah, you also agree not to put up anything obscene or pornographic. We've talked about that. That's what we talked about last week. Or otherwise objectionable to Twitch. Hmm. Now, you might remember that Kotaku reported on Dr. Disrespect saying things about coronavirus, saying things about potential uh, conspiracy theories about the origination and the movement of that virus. Maybe that's otherwise objectionable to Twitch. You can't impersonate anyone else. You can't perform fraudulent activity. You can't defame, harass, abuse, threaten, or defraud users of the Twitch services. That's pretty broad. Maybe you wind up using that one. And of course, this list actually goes all the way to 17. So maybe if you're Twitch, you find something in there. And if you do, we can terminate. We can terminate your use of the Twitch service if it violates these terms of service or applicable law. Worth noting that they know how to separate those two concepts, terms of service or applicable law. There is no reference to applicable law in their statement. So again, worth noting, you fraudulently use or misuse the Twitch services, or we just are unable to provide it for legitimate business reasons. Now, as a lawyer, that's the kind of language where I say, oh man, that's too broad. Twitch can just terminate you for whenever it decides it's a legitimate business reason. If you now cost more than they think you're worth, then they can bring a termination under this section and then you can sue them over it. And you might if it's worth millions of dollars to you. But if you sue them over it, it's going to be a problem because you also agreed to certain things. Now, one of the things you agreed to with Twitch is that you agree to indemnify them from any claims of any kind arising out of your use of the Twitch services. And you agree to promptly notify Twitch of any third-party claim, and Twitch reserves the right to assume the defense and control of it and to notify you of any claim after becoming aware of it. So we also know, just based on what we can see in these documents, that we aren't probably talking about a civil claim, a third-party claim against Dr. Disrespect or against Twitch. Because this is the kind of thing where, at bare minimum, this last sentence, Twitch will use reasonable efforts to notify you of the nature of that claim, wouldn't make sense with what Dr. Disrespect has said, wouldn't really make sense with what Twitch has said about what has happened here. And so we probably aren't looking at an actual legal action from a third party, possibly a criminal action, again, because this isn't exactly what would relate to a criminal action. This is talking about civil action, liability for dollars. But 
it's probably not that because Twitch would have additional notification requirements. It's also worth noting if you're just interested in virtual legality for when we go over terms of service and terms of conditions and find language that is really annoying, this kind of concept that you have to indemnify them and they get to assume the defense is not anything that you would ever agree to in a fully negotiated contract, right? If you are indemnifying someone, you get to control the defense because otherwise they control the defense and say, yeah, we'll settle for $14 million. That's fine. Yeah, we understand. We owe you that. And then you owe Twitch for that amount of money. And so these bits of language in an actually negotiated contract almost always say, if you are in control of the defense, you get first crack at actually assuming that defense because you are going to owe the money at the end of the day. Twitch doesn't say that. That's not great. That's not great. But here's where we also find some interesting information. If we go and we actually look at how to resolve disputes with Twitch, you see here in their terms of service that you and Twitch agree to arbitrate any dispute arising from these terms of service or your use of the Twitch services. You and Twitch further agree to attempt informal resolution prior to any demand for arbitration. So if there is a dispute, if we imagine that Twitch has gone and said, we think that you violated this provision of our terms of service or our community guidelines. We are using that to terminate your exclusive arrangement. You aren't going to get this $25 million. And if you want to dispute it with us, which undoubtedly you would, if you don't think they have the evidence, if you don't think it's an actual breach, if you think they are trying to play games because they just want out of that money, they regret it after the fact, then you have agreed that you will first informally resolve the situation, which might well be the time period that we are in right now. That Twitch says, we're terminating your agreement for X, Y, and Z. Dr. Disrespect says, no, that's not a breach. And then they point to this sentence in the terms of service, which are incorporated by reference, almost undoubtedly in the exclusivity agreement. And you come up and you say, okay, fine, we have to try to informally resolve this, which means we get on a Zoom call, which means we go to a meeting, whatever it might be, before anybody demands arbitration. And then if arbitration is demanded, look at this next part. Any arbitration will occur in Santa Clara County, California, which may or may not be viable in, in the age of coronavirus here. And that arbitration will be conducted confidential, uh, confidentially, right? By a single arbitrator in accordance with the rules of JAMS, which is an arbitration association, which means that in all likelihood, the parties would also agree that the informal resolution process should be treated confidentially. And if we are in that scenario right now, then this is exactly what you would expect in terms of notifications. Twitch saying, eh, he violated something. And Dr. Disrespect saying, eh, they didn't tell us what I violated. But also through back channels, through actual direct conversations, understanding either through his agents or his lawyers or Twitch's lawyers that they have to go through an informal resolution process if there is a contract-based dispute. The last thing I want to raise here is with respect to the community guidelines. If you aren't familiar with Twitch, they basically divide their community guidelines concept into these various areas, harassment, sexual content, music, and also frequently asked questions. But more importantly, they reserve a very broad right to themselves. If you actually go into these community guidelines, which we talked about are incorporated by reference in the terms and conditions of using Twitch, you see this sentence. To protect the integrity of our community, as the provider of the service, we at Twitch reserve the right to suspend any account at any time for any conduct that we, Twitch, determine to be inappropriate or harmful. No other contours, no capitalized words, no definition, no 
other discretion afforded to you to combat. So if Twitch wants to get out of that contract, if they decide, whoa, this week was too hard on us, Dr. Disrespect is probably going to be a time bomb on this service. We're paying him too much money. We can use that money to buy Ninja and Shroud. What are we even doing, folks? You say, well, we can just point to this in the community guidelines. We reserve the right to suspend any account for any conduct that we personally determine to be inappropriate. And who wouldn't say that Dr. Disrespect is inappropriate in certain ways, right? That's almost his shtick. That's almost his deal is being inappropriate. That's how he got his fan base. That's how he got his audience. And so, yeah, you can start to speculate about breaking the law or self-destructive behavior, violence, threats, harassment, hateful conduct. And maybe some or all of that is a part of the story. But basically, Twitch has reserved for itself the right to get rid of anyone that it itself determines, not even reasonably, right? The lawyers on the other side might look at this and say, hey, you have to reasonably determine that. Nope, I can be as unreasonable as I like. We have just determined, Dr. Disrespect, that you are inappropriate or harmful to this service. And so by virtue of our incorporating the community guidelines into our terms of service and incorporating both of those documents into your exclusivity arrangement, we are thereby terminating that exclusivity, at which point Dr. Disrespect's agents and lawyers say, the heck you are? What are you even talking about, Twitch? And then maybe Twitch brings up some evidence it has of some wrongdoing, some problems, but you have this informal resolution process. You try to decide how this thing is going to go. And I believe, speculative of course, that what we have seen so far on this particular story leads to that kind of understanding of the situation. I believe we are more likely looking at a contract dispute, which could foundationally be about some kind of legal dispute or harassment or something along those lines. But Twitch probably doesn't have enough evidence or standing to actually bring that out in a tweet or otherwise to adjudicate it across the public. So what they are trying to do is leverage their contract terms against Dr. Disrespect using what could absolutely be inappropriate or harmful behavior that they actually truthfully believe happened in the past. And all because Twitch now finds itself in a situation where they can no longer afford from a public relations standpoint to be affiliated with people that tarnish their quote unquote good name. And so I would expect that ultimately what you will hear about this is a little bit down the line as part of that informal resolution process, maybe as part of an arbitration, the parties come out and say, you know, we disagreed as to whether or not a breach had occurred. We wish each other well, and we have otherwise settled. We will not disclose the terms of that settlement and best of luck to either of us on either side. And you don't ever hear exactly what happened here because whatever Twitch has, whatever it's basing it on, Dr. Disrespect probably doesn't want that to get out, whether it's completely fake and it's just rumors and whispers or whether it's accurate, you don't want that to get out if you're on his side. And Twitch doesn't want to go out with something that it absolutely can't 100% verify because to do so really does wind up with that kind of defamation lawsuit. You wind up escalating this situation. And instead, if you can arbitrate, if you can go through an informal resolution process, you can get out of this contract and maybe do it for half the money that you were otherwise going to be obligated to pay Dr. Disrespect. Then I think if you're Twitch, you probably look at that as something like a win. Now, as I said, this is all speculative. We might find out by the time that this uploads that something really, really bad happened. But as I look at these documents right now, this looks to me to be much more a contract dispute, a commercial dispute, a business dispute than it does a darkness and legal one. But we shall absolutely see. This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this. I didn't even pull up my channel here. So we're just looking at random things here. But 
If you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe. Otherwise, tell folks that we are here in virtual legality. And please do let everybody know. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.